0: Good morning, or good evening, if you're on the other side of the globe, wherever you're listening from, we greatly appreciate you being here with us. Thank you for listening, sharing, and subscribing to this podcast. My name is Sky Fi and this is Sky Pilot Sundays, Season 2. I continue to sing the praises of our sponsors, Broden Creative Media and Robert Carlton Design Group, for sponsoring and powering this show. Today on Sky Pilot Sundays, I had the pleasure of being joined by Traylon Day. Founder of Day in the Life ENT, and we spoke about creating opportunity. Specifically, Traylon delved into his early influences while coming up, starting up his business, and being a music show promoter and entertainment coordinator during the current times of 2020. It's always good energy and conversation when me and Traylon come together, and this podcast episode today is no exception. I hope you enjoy creating opportunity with Traylon Day. So Trey, why don't you, um, let's set it off. Why don't you give the people a little bit about who you are and what it is you do?
1: Okay, so um, like you said, my name is Troy Lawn I am the owner and founder of Day In A Life Entertainment. So what Day In A Life Entertainment is, it's a uh, opportunity for me to work with local artists in the communities that they live in. And so basically I, I do a number of things. I do event planning, promotion, Talent scout, manager work. I also do event planning. I mean, uh, entertainment coordination, and also do uh, like collaborations between different venues in the in the community.
0: Yeah, I remember we first came in contact uh, through a mutual friend, and it was in the backyard of. I want to say it was your first event in summer '19. At yeah. uh, that was the Mart Gallery event, right?
1: Right. So my first gig that I ever, uh, you know, kind of just planned it out um, was with four friends. Uh, and these four friends, they created a group called the Mart Gallery. And so basically their idea was to have an uh, in-house art gallery. And so basically they would turn their home into an art gallery so that they can invite uh, people from the community to come check it out. And so they had me uh, run the entertainment portion. So they would run the art gallery side of it, and then I ran the entertainment portion. And so basically I had some of the local artists in the community come out, and we jammed out. And it was a great event that kind of like sparked me uh, to just get into Dana Life Entertainment as a whole.
0: One thing that I feel this show is is rooted in is all of my guests and myself, we have this sort of deep-seated sonic seed, you could say, uh It's this love for music that is sort of spiraled out rippled out into our lives and what drives us in passion and purpose right um growing up what are some of your earliest memories of music and and when did you first gravitate to hip-hop
1: um so my mother uh she was real big in the hip-hop rap music so i would say my mom was the first person to kind of just like you know saturate me with that type of music because she would just be driving and you know she'd turn that music on and you know have some brother lich hung to to ice cube to to dj quick you know a mm-hmm. little bit of uh you know run dmc here you know wu-tang clan so i was just getting like all of this um diversity of music and um from from there it was just like sitting in the car with her it was like an adventure because i would just like listen to these different types of artists and start to memorize this this music and from there, I started to be like, "Let me give me an MP3 player." You know, I can't, I can't just wait till I drive with my mom in the car and to listen to this music. I grabbed me a little MP3 player and was like, "Okay," and you know, found out about the Bear Share, you know, the LimeWire and all of that, and was yeah. like, "Look, I'm on, I'm on." So, I,
0: I, I don't know, I don't know anything about LimeWire. I can't, I, I can't say I ever. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs>
1: But for anybody out there that's, that's old school they know about the bear sharing the line where you would download your music from the little computer and put it on your mp2 player and the
0: cd so bro. remember that bro I still got I still got in my itunes I probably should I still got songs that have like that little that little like that weird digital effect of like a download that didn't come through all the way right you know I <laughs> I still got songs that have that little like effect in the song and I like I have such a like a nostalgic fond memory for it That I don't even replace the song. I just like the lime wire version
1: Yep, yep, yep <laughs> uh,
0: Bro straight up the first the first burned cd that I ever had was I didn't even burn it myself I had somebody else burn the, the mix for me because I was afraid that agent smith from the matrix was about to knock down my door looking for the mix <laughs>
1: i I was there too for sure for sure when i was younger i used to think like oh man we're gonna get caught man you know you know how they used to always put on like movies like that copyright infringement stuff so yeah man you downloading this music off the web you better hope that the police not watching you (laughs) man you better get
0: hauled off yeah no that's exactly real
1: talk real talk that was Um, it
0: that
1: was like my er that was like my my early starting music you know just rocking around with my mp3 player and then from um, you know, as I got older, when I got to like middle school and high school, um, I started I started getting into like um, my fr- my friends. They used to be like uh, freestyle, so okay. a lot of my friends they just would sit around, you know, during like a uh, lunch hour or something like that. They would just you know sit there freestyle and stuff like that. So um, a little bit of that, I would try to like you know try to do my little freestyle. I never I never could get it like how my homies could, but you know I try to try to freestyle a little bit and try to see if I was. You know, a little bit of, you know, had a little talent with, with, my rap, with my rap music, but I wasn't really like good or anything like that. But from there, I started, I started like my journey as being like a talent scout, like seeing somebody have that potential to put that music and start to broadcast that, you know, to a lot of people at one time. That's where um, I started to really have a love for music because, you know, growing up in Las, I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada, so growing up there. You know, there there wasn't a lot of opportunities for us, um, so just seeing somebody who was from the projects who could sit there and just go bar for bar—I'm talking about talented artistry—just right there, in front, you know, on on the flip of a dime, it was just like, man, this is this is this is it. This is what I want to really get into because you know we didn't really have a lot of money, but you know we used to think the homie had a lot of money because he could freestyle on a drop of a hat. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's that's for me that's why i started to really grasp music and just music in general just seeing my homies do it physically and also just listening to it back to back for
0: my mom mm-hmm. i definitely i definitely have a bunch of uh lunch table memories of that you know just 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 you know creating drum tracks on the lunchroom table and just you know kind of passing the you know the nobody had the mic you know what i mean but like passing the mic around and just like letting everybody get theirs off you know
1: and yeah, um, and it goes back to that old school, you know, just just one fist and one hand, that boom boom, boom, boom. Boom that's, boom. boom, that's, boom, boom. <laughs> that's all you needed to set it off, man. Yeah, and everything. It didn't everything.
0: it didn't even come with a lime wire click. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you funny. You funny <laughs> right. Yeah, bro.
0: So so between between the music, you know, that, you know, your mom had exposed you to early on and uh and you know, and the homies and everything, what at what point did you realize that you wanted to take on a career within the realm of hip hop professionally, with starting up your business day in the life ent?
1: Um. So um, this is this is a little weird. Um. But when I when I got out of high school, um. You know, I started going. To, I started going down a little wrong path and stuff like that. So I just started kind of like not thinking about music, more so just thinking about how I'm gonna get my get myself some money. So with that, I started you know getting into trouble and stuff like that. And an opportunity arose where um, I could go to school. So basically, uh, when I started going to school, as in going to college, you know, trying to get me an associate's degree, I started to kind of just like direct myself in these different fields just to grasp different things that I would like. And um, one thing that I started to grasp was communication. And so so through these communication courses, I started finding that, you know, I'm I'm a good talker. I'm a, I'm a person that can, you know, talk in front of a lot of people. Uh, like you said at the beginning of this conversation, I'm a Black student union leader. So I started using my expertise in communication with that. So, you know, from back I started seeing that I I'm I'm, I'm a great communicator. I'm, you know, I'm well uh, versed with how I talk and everything like that. Um, so I started to to see like okay, all right, I'm a good communicator but how can i start to use this um you know this this gift that i got in communication how can i use this and put it towards something that i love so i just started to like you know think in different ways like maybe i should go into human resources maybe i should go on into this field maybe this field and then um through the black student union um you know my advisor he was he was telling me like hey you know we're gonna need some people um to kind of you know come up with like some some plans for events and stuff like that, and so basically, through the Black Student Union, um, I was able to like start planning events, you know, start doing these different things with the the other group members, and so basically, I started seeing like, oh, okay, you know, event planning, communication is, is pretty cool. It's it's a pretty cool gig, and you know, the events that we had, you know, being able to go into the community and just let people in the community know about uh, Black excellence and you know black history and stuff like that i started you know i started to come fond of it but i was like i'm gonna go a step further you know what i'm saying because being in that field in the black student union field it's very strategic it's very structured it's very um you know high end so you gotta you gotta be on your game at all times mm-hmm. i was like you know i'm you know i'm, I'm from i'm from the bottom i'm you know what I mean? That's not to take away from my my excellence, but I'm from the bottom. I like I like a lot of underground. I like a lot of, you know, things that, you know, very loose loosely, not too much uh, bourgeois. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started to think about, like, how can I be able to because I'm excelling in this communication and how can I start to direct it in a different way? Um, and so I was like, OK, cool. Let me see if I can be able to put my communication skills towards music. And so basically um i had one 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 uh one month i was doing event planning and i created the event for the black student union and then we also had uh a number of artists uh in the community come come out uh to the event and i don't know if you remember this but it was called the bam slam event and it was uh, in
0: 2019 man i remember hearing about that
1: yeah yeah the bam slam event was uh event it was um you know just to exploit black artistry and you know black excellence within the community that we live in in eugene but i thought it would be cool to kind of add like you know that artistry have have a little bit of musical artistry involved in it and with that i started seeing like wow like you know what i mean this is this is something i want to really get into just not even on the uh, on the standpoint of just like hosting events but Seeing live music and seeing how it could bring people together, and from there I just was like, okay, let me go outside of the Black Student Union and try this. You know what I'm saying? And from there, that's when I got in contact with the Mark Gallery, and just boom. You know what I mean? So I just take a lot of a lot of my um, a lot of my experience came from being in the Black Student Union and working with those other group members to to find like I want to go into business for myself with Dana Life Entertainment. And be able to help local artists in the communities that they live in, but let me be the one to curate this experience for community community members because we was already doing it through the Black Student Union, so that's where that buzz just started going from there.
0: Wow! And you just just launched into taking action on your dream at that point.
1: Yes. Yeah, so as soon as uh, it was uh, what was that? Uh, I want to say it was around March of 2019. It was like like I was coming into my um my second year into my associate's degree Uh, that's when i was like okay i'm gonna open up my own business and it's going to be strictly communication and music trying to collab collaborate these two
0: together to to create an experience for people and you know it's going good for right now (laughs) i mean yeah i am definitely curious about that i i want to break down all of that get into that as this uh as the conversation progresses that's amazing i didn't realize that you had any direct involvement in the bam slam event
1: yeah, yeah. So um, it was at the time of the Bam Slam event. I was a secretary for the Black Student Union. And so um, I collaborated with the vice president and the president of the Black Student Union. And we just came together and was like, what do we want to do for the Bam Slam? And so a lot of ideas started coming to uh, the paper. And, you know, that music highlight was something that I kind of like emphasized. Like, we need music. We need. We needed because there was like black painters. There were there were black um, um, arts and crafts and things of this nature. But I was like, we need to add that black hip hop or black music and add that into the uh, into, into the mix. And from there, it was just like a great great experience. All in all, 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 all,
0: absolutely. I mean, it would would only add some more flavors into the pot. You know, uh, I've drawn ever since I can remember. I and mean, painting was never my forte, but um, being able to draw, I I could never effectively do it without having some kind of soundtrack to it. You Mm -hmm. know? So, um, I definitely... That's like peanut butter and jelly. It's just supposed to go together, music and art.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You you, you put it right on the net.
0: You mentioned that you came from Las Vegas originally. Right. So you've been based in Eugene for the past six-plus years now, right, a little over that?
1: Yeah, so uh, I want to say I got to Eugene around... Around 2016, around like maybe September 2016, somewhere around there.
0: Okay. How'd that come to be? You uprooting from Las Vegas to the Northwest?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was a big transition. Um, Just a good friend of mine kind of told me about the uh, the environment out here, and you know, being in Las Vegas, it was very uh, fast paced. You know, always on the go. So I thought um, if I wanted to go to school. Um, maybe if if I left my hometown and just kind of slowed things down that maybe I could figure out what I wanted
0: to do with the rest of my life. Yeah, it it definitely provides that having a little bit of a small town. It's not like the footloose small town, but it's a small enough town that, um, you can kind of slow yourself down to, to the speed of life, you know, and be able to figure that out. Right. And I can tell you're already on that path, man. What while being here, you know, immersed in the scene, What are your thoughts on the local hip-hop scene here?
1: Uh, I kind of talked about it uh, earlier, but I just feel like Eugene uh, needs to emphasize a lot more of that local hip-hop, just local artistry altogether. And that's not to say that Eugene doesn't, but I feel like they need to explore more of that because um, there's been times where I've tried to make connections uh, between, you know, organizations in, in, in town, and uh, different uh, entities in town. And just, they're they're not hip to it. They're not um, aware. They're not, um, you know, they're not being, they're not given opportunities where they can be able to assist in this thing, and and assist in uh, local artistry. And so basically from my experience, I just feel like uh, a lot more of artists outside of Eugene get more love. So if you're a a big name artist, Or if you have a name for yourself in the uh, entertainment industry, then you will get a lot more love than uh, a local artist that's growing up in Eugene or if you're an artist that's living in Eugene. Mm -hmm. So that's why I just wanted to create that bridge between getting somebody who's a local artist to a position where they have a name for themselves and, you know, be treated fairly.
0: Yeah, I got to say, man, you're one of the cats out here that I really started noticing that would have this sort of sense of synergy where you're bringing in other businesses, other entities, uh, sponsorships, bringing uh, bringing entities together to create a show experience versus, you know, just you know, hopping on, you know, at, at whatever venue will have you uh, and just rocking the mic, which is cool, too. You know and i definitely did my fair share of that but being able to expand is going to require having um that sense of community involved um and i see you doing that and it's 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 admirable
1: appreciate that I, I really do appreciate that and and it goes back to what i said a lot of the businesses and entities they're just not aware of it they're not aware of the local hip-hop or local artistry scene and you just kind of got to Give that proposal or proposition to them and see how they feel about it. And sometimes, majority of the time, um, if they see if they see that there's a, a community involvement where mm-hmm. their business can be involved in a community experience, they're all willing for it. And that's where that's where it starts. You know, just being able to find different entities and businesses that are for the community and looking for um, you know, encouraging and, and getting the community um, experience. Right. You know, everybody
0: to come together right you know so many so many times i think a lot of us as as musicians too you know have that sense of like i just want to rock the mic man like i just want to i just want to have that opportunity to you know to shine whereas maybe not spending enough time thinking about okay well what can i provide this venue with what how how do how am i going to be of value to this venue by bringing you know uh, uh, you know, uh, a certain amount of people in through the door, ticket prices, um, you know, drinks at the bar, what have you, you know. Um, so, yeah, it takes it takes all the above. Yeah,
1: it goes back to, uh, it takes a village, you know what I'm saying, for all of us to learn. And I feel like, you know, being able to grab different members who have talented artistry and be able for those people to broadcast their music or their talents to the community, that's like an educational experience. That's giving the, the people that live in that community uh, a different expression than, you know, maybe than what they're used to. You know what I'm saying?
0: For sure, for sure, yeah. And matter of fact, actually, back in September, pretty recently, you collaborated with Wildcraft Ciderworks to bring a live local hip-hop and music dance showcase to the stage there. Uh, I was in attendance that night. It was super lit. I got to say, that was, you know, I expected, I've been to a few events at Wildcraft. Um, but it seemed, it felt like a third of Eugene was there, half of Eugene. It felt there was a lot of people at this spot, um, the most I've ever seen at Wildcraft Cider, and that was, you know, trickled out to the the front patio. Those of you who are listening that have never been to Wildcraft Cider house, um, it's an indoor venue, but there was a stage set up with lighting outside, and then the entire uh, parking lot was filled with people at different table spaces um it was incredible i had trouble finding a parking spot before i even got there i was like bro this is tight um and it was really something of a spectacle to, to witness man i'm curious what that experience was like for you from organization to execution
1: uh yeah so i'm gonna first start up by saying you know shout out to sean kelly uh okay. owner of wildcraft cider works you know um, without him, I wasn't able to uh, put on that great experience. And again, Skyfire, I appreciate you for saying that. That event was spectacular. That's what we was looking for. We was looking to, um, you know, go a little bigger and beyond. And uh, how that experience came to life was, um, you know, I kind of was already uh, creating a connection with Sean Kelly, just, you know, going by, saying what's up, you know, doing brief conversations and things of that nature. And... Um, right, I think it was right before um, the COVID sparked off. Um, that's when I was, like, making my connections between uh, the Davis, you know, the Drake, um, a lot of different venues, and just basically telling them, like, you know, I'm for the community. If, if I can be able to come into your establishment and be able to, um, you know, give the community experience, you know, I'm willing to work with you. And, um, you know, COVID came around, and a lot of those uh, businesses, they, they weren't looking for uh, that type of, uh, you know, that type of
0: exposure, I
1: would say. Yeah. Or that type, Yeah. That type of event. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, going back to Sean Kelly, you know, I talked to him and this is during the time of COVID and we just basically telling them like, Hey, you know, I got, I got different artists that, you know, are, are, are very talented. I know if we were able to give them, um, uh, you know, just an opportunity to come to your establishment and be able to give the people in the community uh, good music, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a bomb event. And, um, you know, at this time, a lot of the artists that, that that came out that night, they haven't performed in a while, maybe two or three months. So, um, you know, a lot of them was just ready, you know, just kind of like, you know, like dogs in a cage. They was ready. They was like, look, I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm ready to go out there and give a, a great show. And so...
0: Man, I've been practicing this set for the last 90 days. You
1: know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so you know when I when I gave this proposition to Sean, Sean was like, "Hey man, like, you know, this is what this is what um, we're looking for, and this is what I I solely put my purpose around my um, my establishment. Like, Wildcraft Cider is a community cider house. It's like it takes the community for that business to operate and be on its uh, on its high horse. And I'm not saying like that's solely its purpose, but a lot of the people that stay in Eugene, Oregon. Um, you know, contribute to Wildcraft cider. And so from there, um we kind of just like you know sparked off and was like, okay, let's have this event go. And you know, from there, I kind of had a little bit of pushback in terms of uh, you know, Kate Brown's orders and stuff like that. So we had a little bit of a a little bit of scares, but um all in all, it was a great event and and from from there, you know, I, I still have a strong relationship with uh, Sean Kelly, and we're we're thinking about maybe having uh, an event coming up soon, hopefully next year.
0: In 2021. I'm excited, man. I'll definitely be there for that. Uh, Yeah, I should say, I should say for everyone listening, yes, this was definitely an event that was um, practicing, uh, you know, COVID-19 requirements and social distancing and all that. And, you know, um, even then, it was amazing because nobody there was, from my observation, nobody there was fearful. You know, everybody there was just there to witness an event and have fun. And everybody was having a good time and i gotta say man that was the most people i'd seen in one public space um enjoying themselves since this whole thing has gone down with the with the quarantine um so i overall you know you you touched on it a bit here but i'm curious you know with with shows not really being in full effect in 2020 what, what has it been like to be a music show promoter during the quarantine and social distancing requirements of covid 19 um I would say well, um, when covid 19 first sparked
1: back in march uh, you know I was feeling a bit depressed I was feeling uh, a bit down only because I had three shows booked in uh, for the month of june and july mm-hmm. and so, so um, when when covids first sparked it was just like man like you know what i mean what am i going to do for a career you know all of these different types of uh things were going through my head like you know i don't know what to do i don't know uh what to make of this but i kind of just sat down you know and also the influences from my friends and family um you know they, they got me in my right head and they got me in the right direction in terms of uh you know thinking outside the box you know of course you know we're not able to do indoor events we're not able to do um you know live shows in this but that's not, to, uh, that's not to say that we can't give, you know, people a show live streamed or, you know, uh, we can't give people um, visual, visual content. So uh, with that, you know, I just started thinking outside the box, like, you know, working with different uh, local artists in terms of making music videos, um, you know, making vlogs, you know, you know, being more active on my YouTube channel. And just trying to be able to give out as much visual content as I can, and so um, I'm just making a connection between local artists in Eugene and Portland, and being able to collab with them on you know music videos. Uh, if you want to you know start a podcast, we can try to you know figure out a way to do that. If you want to do you know interviews, if you want to just you know different projects, I'm, I've been working with a, a woman by the name of Lola Buckwald. And uh, we started a video uh, series where uh, she does an interview with local artists, and she also paints a portrait of them. And so basically, this is all visual content that we, um, you know, promote on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And so basically, that is. The main um, direction that I'm putting my business to is visual content and uh, working more online, you know, and just trying to be able to give my outreach to people on social media and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, most definitely. It's It's, it's been cool to see that expanding, you know, exposure in your brand, because these are things that you know in all likelihood you would have gotten to in time. But, you know, being able to be in a position where everything has been a forced quarantine slowdown situation for everybody um it kind of does force you to branch out into you know some other avenues you know and uh and really you know who's to say like looking back in retrospect 2020 might have been might be the biggest year yet you know for day in the life ENT you know and just in having to do some of these other things that might have gotten you out of your comfort zone a little bit you know and just persisting
1: correct correct and that's going back to uh why i started day in the life entertainment was you know like i talked about with the communication and acquiring that skill you know just kind of going outside my comfort zone and you know directing this, this skill to different things that i could see you know that I could, that i can acquire to my business or acquire to me personally mm-hmm. and so basically with day in the life entertainment that's what i'm doing i'm i'm just taking my skills that I've already acquired and just jumping in these different types of uh, pockets just to see if I do gain a skill there or you know gain some type of momentum, mo- momentum there
0: yeah when you think about the idea of success you know no one no one successful ever really does it truly on their own as well you know uh, there's always some sort of mentor that you can look to as inspiration or that's helped guide you along the way. What are some of your strongest mentors you can think of, artistic or otherwise?
1: I would say in terms of uh, uh, mentors that, that are not here today, Fred Hampton. Um, this is one person who was a part of the Black Panther Party uh, back in the day, but you know, I've done my research. I've uh, looked into this fella a lot. Uh, he was just a young man that believed in uh, you know, equal rights all around being able to bring community uh, together, being able to have people from different uh, cultures, different races of people come together so that they can be able to have an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is one person that I would say for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he's uh, not saying like he's a physical mentor, but just looking back at his life and how he was doing things in his life um, has grown to me because I feel like, you know, I, I share a little bit of those uh, traits, mm-hmm. you know, sadly. Sadly, he was murdered, but, you know, I feel like the way that he was living his life was a little bit of a, a expression of how I'm trying to live my life, you know, and, you know minus trying to be murdered, but, you right. know what I'm saying, I'm
0: trying to acquire those skills that that young man had. Right, right. Uh, somebody definitely would have had to have seen him as a threat for that to be the case, you know, as, as many people as you can point to in, uh, you know, any sort of fame or notoriety, success... There's always somebody that wants to bring that down um, from the outside.
1: For sure, for sure. Um, I would say um, in the living, (laughs) I would say in the living, uh, my uh, mentor for sure would be uh, Lawrence Rasheed and uh, Jeremy Thomas. These are two individuals uh, that I worked with and uh, you know went to school with at LCC. Okay, Uh, two two of my good friends. and also, you know, best pals that I that I just go to um, when I need some type of direction in my life because you know everybody goes to that fork in the road in their lives and kind of just want to figure out what's the next move. And so these two individuals, I kind of just um, think of them as uh, you know good people to uh, just give me give me a good word on where I'm at in my life and you know a lot of the expenses I was going through in my life. They were uh, good resources
0: yeah that's dope there's and especially that you have some people that are so close to you too that you can reach out to you know with a phone call in this case or like in person you know and um this 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 that might actually lend itself to this next question i had in mind and that's around this concept of adversity and you know everyone deals with some level of adversity on the come up you know while developing their career and otherwise in life can you think of a time that stands out to you when how you address that adversity in order to keep moving forward?
1: Um, I would say uh, my journey coming to Eugene, you know um, I was just so um, I was so stuck in, in my mindset that uh, you know tr- uh, trying to you know sh- stay l- with the cloud and you know have all the girls and you know all of these all of these different types of uh, uh, you know simple things to acquire that are not uh, really life fulfilling. Uh, I kind of was stuck in this mind state where um, if I don't have these things then I'm not doing good for myself. Mm. And with the transition of moving to Eugene and going to school, you know I was facing all adversity from my friends and you know people I was hanging out with and stuff like that. so uh, I kind of had to look inside myself and say, you know change is necessary. Change might be you know the most scariest thing that you go through in life sometimes because you know you're so comfortable with what you're doing at that moment that when you change it could be it could be scary mm-hmm. and, so, and so basically um you know with that transition of me moving and going to school and you know starting up my company as if right now um, I faced a lot of adversity from you know my family members and and friends to say like you know that's not the direction that you really want to go to or mm. you know, what if it don't work out or you know what I mean all you that. Know, yeah you know all of that type of stuff comes comes to mind from uh you know family and friends but you know, it, it helped me get to this point because now when I talk to those people, you know, I'm their mentor, which is, um, you know, which is funny. You know, a lot of my friends and family members, they come into me for guidance, for, for resources, for, you know, talks and these and these types of things because now I have acquired these skills and, you know, a lot of this uh, knowledge.
0: Wow yeah yeah that's 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 amazing that's when you know you've reached a paradigm shift
1: yeah yeah you know, man for real for real sky because you know at, at a point in my life you know I, I wouldn't think nobody would come to me for a resource or a talk or you know for me to give them uh inspiration to do something in their <laughs> life but now i'm acquiring that from the things that i've done with the change that i've made
0: right yeah that's what you you're, you're seeing it presented to you on a daily at that point that's what's up man um when it comes to, you know, the the state of the world that we're in right now, we've been kind of touching on COVID-19. And, you know, you recently you and I had a conversation. I say recently, it's probably been about two months, but I was uh, in a photo shoot with Sniped. Shout out to Sniped. And uh, you and I had this conversation uh, around the state of the, the world and a quote unquote response to it. And you made a point that I thought was super dope. Uh, can you expand on your idea of each and all of us Quote unquote creating the new
1: normal Yes, I do remember Skyfire I do remember the conversation that we had um, You know, shout out to Snipe when I, when I say creating that new norm It's it's being able to understand like, okay You know, throughout history, things change And with that change, there comes the new norm We're going through a pandemic right now So the things that we start to do differently from when it wasn't the COVID-19, that is now becoming the new norm. But now when you think about it, it's like we're in the position now, each and every one of us, people in general, we have the opportunity now to create what is the new norm. That can go for entertainment, that can go for business relationships, that can go to like basic relationships with your friends and family. Mm. What What is that new norm? You know what I'm saying? And, you know, quite frankly, I don't think the norm that we was going through was a a better one than we can create now because we can now learn from the mistakes and now to, to broadcast something that's more healthy or more valuable, you know, to our lives. And everybody should take this in consideration because, you know, if things before all of this shift that we're going through in our lives because everybody's going through it. I I don't know, not one person ain't experiencing COVID-19 right now, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So with that being said, just before COVID-19, everybody was going through their normal day, everything was all normal, everybody was doing what they were doing, but now we're going through COVID-19. So what do you do now that changed what we were doing before? And me personally, quite frankly, it wasn't that good. You know what i'm saying so i'm trying to be able to talk with like-minded individuals and collaborate with like-minded individuals so that when we broadcast this new norm it's a healthy one mm-hmm. it's a valuable one it's one that's going to benefit the next generation it's one that's going to enhance your mind to where you can start to think outside the box and not just be in this one state of mind you know what i mean
0: i love that man there's 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 this You know, uh, notion that because this is going on That so many of us should just uh, Or that we should all just stay inside And be fearful and turn on the news And stay updated, you know And just conform, really Whereas I'm of the stream of thought That this is not the time to just wait You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the time to be proactive And, you know, some people might say With, uh, you know, uh, so many people losing jobs That, um you know there's there's no money to be made you know or created, and um I'm of the stream of thought that there's never been a better time than right now to start a business you know to 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 launch that dream that vision of yours um and stay creative because that's the only way to stay out of things like fear, depression, low vibrational activity
1: you are correct, you are correct, and uh, you make a great point by uh people thinking about you know going into some type of business for yourself because you know that's not to say everybody got to go and you know create a business and you know just, just 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 go into business for yourself but but think about it you know um being so re- reliant um on certain things that's that can be an issue you know and and being able to create things on your own or just be creative in general you know this this comes with a lot of inspirations this comes with a lot of you know experiences that can grow onto you or the individuals around you so like how you said like if you want to sit at home and you just want to be you know kind of depressed or sad or you know in your feelings that's going to be a bad norm that's going to be something that that you don't that you don't want to put into your life for the future but if you use this time to be creative you know get with a group of friends maybe maybe think of a plan on something maybe you know open up a business where you can make a little bit of profit for yourself online you know what i'm saying yeah these are the types of things where you know inspiration comes from you know and i I feel like you know at one point in time in reality it was like this everybody was at home you know what i mean you know, if you wanted to go to your friend's house, you better know who they are. You know what I'm saying? You better know their number. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got the numbers written down on the wall. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> you remember I said numbers. Stuff yeah. like, it's, it's getting back to that point where it's like, you know, and with those individuals that you know or, or you come in contact with, you know, that's inspiration. That's that's experience. You know what I'm saying? And just to sit at home by yourself and be on the website all day. I don't think that that's going to be a good future.
0: Nah, not so much. I mean, you gotta get, eventually you gotta get offline or, you know, or create that website of your own to to check in on, you know?
1: You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> the way
0: I look at it all in all, you're either um, a consumer or a producer. Yes, sir. You know, and at one point I know I had to make the shift from like watching everybody else to, to getting my piece of the pie as well, to becoming somebody that could be watched, I suppose. That sounds sort of... I became more of a producer than a consumer when it came to the content I was creating.
1: And that comes from that inspiration from, you know, other people who have been doing it and their experiences.
0: Yeah. Oh, off top, off top. And when it when it comes to your experiences, you know, personally, even we might even dig a little bit deeper if I, if we can. You know, with the, the government sending out these $1,200 stimulus checks this year um, with so many people being unemployed. You were, uh, you were actually in a recent interview, and I'm paraphrasing here, but you were quoted as basically saying, "If everyone can get $1,200, why can't we get reparations?" We, of course, referring to all Black people. I thought that was super profound. Just that thought alone could spark so much change. Uh, and I was wondering if you, bro, if as both the president of the Black Student Union at Lane Community College and as an entrepreneur. I'm curious if you could share your thoughts on how we can proactively create economic opportunity within our communities. Um, yeah, so I pr- I, man, that's
1: that's cool that you you know you, you paraphrasing uh, my past interview with Tiger. You know, I, I went on talks with Tiger, and uh, you know the topic came up about reparations, and you know, kind of just the twelve hundred dollars that we was getting, and yeah, you know, um, I'm real big on socioeconomics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've done my research on uh, a lot of a lot of tactics and a lot of um, ways to start socioeconomics with the people that you know in your community, or even just like a group of five friends that's coming together. Like, right? you know what I mean? It's just being able to to understand that if you got, you know, two fifty, you know, he got two fifty, I got two fifty, and we all put our two fifty together, mm-hmm. you know, something bigger can be created so that we can be able to move forward, you know, with your family, you know, his family and my family all together. And I feel like right now, uh, you know, if people could come together and think about the opportunities that can come forward when you put your minds together and when you put your revenue together, or even, you know, creating an opportunity such as like, um, you know, I, I, I particularly want to use Wildcraft Cider as an example because you know they give the opportunity for people in the community to come with their fruits you know from the community and put it into this cider house where now that's that that fruit is being generated into a great cider where the community can come in and now drink the same apples that you put into that you know that cider house so it's like you know we're drinking off the community we're drinking off the land you know what i mean and i feel like you know anywhere you at man any 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 type of position that you're at right now, if you are um, in tune with what you want to do and you find those like-minded individuals that want that as well, then, you know, you guys sit down and you think about how we can put our money together so that we can have a sustainable growth in our own income instead of, you know, hey, we got this $1,200. You know what I mean? I'm going to go get me a Versace belt, you know what I'm saying, and call it.
0: No doubt, bro. That's, uh, I mean, you talk about turning uh, lemons in the lemonade, you know, I guess lemons into apple cider, but, uh, that's, that's one hell of a lemonade stand when you, when you, when you get into that stream of thought, you know, and instead of just everybody out for themselves, you know, as a lot of scarcity minded thoughts can do, you know, um, it's the idea of coming together and what you can build from that. Um, I love that response, bro. Um, you know, there's certainly, There's certainly somebody tuning in right now that's been considering turning their music-related hobby into a business just like you have. Um, And with that free time, they've been unexpectedly given with the lockdown. What words of advice would you give that person?
1: I would first say patience is a virtue. Um, We're going through COVID right now, so that's all we got is patience time, I mean. Yeah. um, um, So understand whatever plan, whatever... um, objective or goal that you have in mind make sure that you're patient with each move that you make because right now you know time is time is irrelevant right now because you know covid is going on you know we got so many different things going on with the presidency and everything like that so change change is happening but the time that you have in that change is where it's needed you don't want to make the wrong move and then when things change now you got to live out this you know you gotta live out this move because you didn't make the right move during your time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for anybody that's making the transition from make, you know, if you have musical talents or if you just have a bright idea that you wanna start to take an effect with the business, be patient, you know, make sure that you know, you know, you, you cross your dots and you know, get your T's right, you know what I mean, before you make that, that huge move. Um, another thing I would say is, uh, you know, make sure that, um, you know, you have the right amount of income or you have a sustainable income throughout the time of creating this business. Because if you don't have a sustainable income and you're just gonna go full fledged into your business, what's to say that things don't go out as you planned? And now you're just relying on your business and now you gotta put your home up for foreclosure. all of these types of things can come up. You know, you got bills going overdue and all of these types of things. So before you just go into having a business make sure that you have a sustainable income coming in so that you can be able to get your daily necessities taken care of and uh, I think last last I would say is uh making sure that you got the a perfect team not saying that the, the perfect team but make sure that you have at least two people that you can go to um, on your side that you can just offer you know that can offer assistance in terms of having a different perception towards that goal or idea or you know anything that's putting forth to that business make sure you can have two people that you can go to for another resource another um say on things you know what i'm saying not particularly putting them you know into the business or saying like you know hey you know you're 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 my consultant for my business but just you know, a good friend or somebody who has good intentions for you and your business. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure you acquire two of those types of people in your in your
0: business. Man. When you can get together with different people of like minds and and start bouncing back and forth ideas, not only do you not only do I find that you recognize that all of your ideas might not be as dope as you thought they were, you know. Until you know, but um, they can also be molded and sculpted into something bigger—an idea that could not have happened if not for those two, three people coming together and having that one conversation right then and there. I love that stuff. Um, correct, correct. And with that, you know, I gotta, you know, of course, shout out my producer Ben. You know, uh, uh, when it comes to this concept of teams, it's been uh, amazing to get this conversation in with you, bro. Um, Before we close out, um, you know, you mentioned where you felt like you were at when COVID started and the lockdown began, and and just these thoughts of uncertainty. So, as of today, where would you say you are on your journey to happiness and success?
1: Um, I feel like I'm on a great path. Um, Again, you know, Kate Brown put out this freeze. And so you know we're kind of experiencing the same thing that started in March, but with this time I'm a little bit more prepared. I've done my research, I've done my, you know what I'm saying, I've done my uh, realization on how I want to start, you know, transitioning more into a next realm. You know, I was doing a lot more visual content and stuff like that when COVID first started. Now I want to switch it up a little bit. I want to start to be able to be uh, become a marketer and um you know authors you know books and this type of thing uh, i was uh, the library student ambassador on lcc campus so i want to start to get back in that realm um, i want to just start working with more educational uh, material you know whether that be with professors whether that be with entrepreneurs who are authors and trying to be able to get their books in, into these institutions i want to start to direct my business in that way and um you know just these different ideas and this in this research that i'm coming across it's starting to bring like that new that new wave of happiness to me. Like, oh, there's another direction I can go with my business, even though I can't do this.
0: Yeah, the the magic really happens in the pivot. That's something I say from time to time. But the magic happens in the pivot. You know. You I love that, Trey. Before we close, what's next for Day in the Life ENT, and where can people find more about you
1: and your work? Uh, what's next for Day in the Life is um, we. We have uh, an event, November 19th, uh, it was, and uh, the, the event was gonna be a, a live hip hop performance at the Big Legrowski in Portland, Oregon. But since Kay Brown put out her order, won a uh, temporary freeze. But, um, you know, just to keep things moving forward, I do have uh, works with Julian Outlaw. He is an, uh, an artist who is from Houston, Texas, but has been in uh, Eugene, Portland, Tacoma, you know, Corvallis, you know, he has been putting his name out a lot. Um, I'm working with this artist and we're working on a music video with, a, with another artist by the name of Funk Plastic. You know, he's a veteran uh, with playing the drums. He does a lot of uh, street, street um, appearances and things of this nature. He has been to Hawaii. Uh, you know, he's been around all of these 50 states. So we're collaborating together to, uh, to create a great music video. We're going to be putting that out next week. Um, Like I said before, I'm working with Lola Buckwag, and we're doing uh, the Payton the Beat, and that's uh, with five artists, um, you know, and we're gonna be promoting them in the community as well and having those portraits, and we're gonna be having merch available for this series. So um, if anybody is interested in buying merch uh, from local artists in the community, you can find me on uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, you can also catch my uh, YouTube channel. It is Day in the Life Entertainment. That's D A Y, I N, T H E L I F E, E N T. Day in the Life Entertainment. You can get that on all social media platforms. And yeah, man, I'm just uh, you know, as we go as we go forward, uh, a lot more different things that come
0: coming ahead yes sir i look forward to each of those uh playing out brother i really appreciate your time and appreciate your your business mind as a whole and thank you for coming on a sky pilot sundays today
1: i appreciate you for having me on your podcast sky Fi, and you have a nice day sir back at you brother. all right
0: peace what was your favorite part of the episode drop us a line and let us know when you follow at sky pilot sundays on instagram and let me know at the real sky Like the Sky Pilot Sundays page when you head over to Facebook, and of course, use that hashtag Sky Pilot Sundays. If you learned something interesting and valuable today from Treyline, or know someone that could benefit from this podcast, please do us a solid and like, share, rate, and review. Once again, a shout out to our sponsors at Broding Creative Media and at Robert Carlton DG. You can find every episode of this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podchaser, Radio Public, and tune in. Make sure to subscribe to Sky Pilot Sundays and never miss an episode. For all things Sky Pilots, fly over to skypilotsundays.com. This is SkyFi, and until next time, let the soundtrack to your life lead to love. Over and out.